off the ball. That was serious. He was furious. He wanted his net. Just won the World Cup. You won't let me clip a little panel of net. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Football writer Martin Lipton is on the line. Good morning, Martin. Good morning. Good to speak with you again. Thanks many for taking the call. We wanted to chat to you, obviously, after the squad announcement uh, yesterday, um, which we'll talk to you about in a bit. But in so much as you can uh, possibly speak on behalf of an entire nation, is there an expectation just in relation to the conversation that's happening around uh, the off the veedle stuff in relation to Qatar and its human rights record? Is there an expectation that um, on the England squad, to because obviously Gareth Southgate addressed it fairly fulsomely yesterday, an expectation that they'll speak about Qatar while they're there or do most just subscribe to the shut up and play FIFA approach? I think that uh, they'll be asked. Um, I'm not covering England, so it's not down to me, but I'm sure those who are will, particularly the senior players, I think it'd be unfair to to throw that on the ones who are fairly young, actually, but the senior players will be asked their opinions. I suspect quite a few of them will be very happy to give their opinions, actually. Harry Kane has already spoken and others will. Jordan Henderson, unquestionably. So Marcus Rashford, he's very willing to, to say what he thinks. I don't think there'll be a a, a lack of, uh, of voices from the England camp, particularly in the build. I think once the tournament starts, that'll be a bit different. They can the, the view will be look. What else can we say? Our views are clear, pretty clear. Mm-hmm. But I think they will be asked. What, particularly when they, in the first two days on the Wednesday and Thursday uh, at those press conferences that are held um, in Doha. Yeah, like it, we've all been trying to make sense of this thing, particularly I think it's focused minds over the last three or four months of like, are we allowed to enjoy the football? On what level should we continue to shine a light, obviously, uh, from our side on the media point of view into um, what's actually happening in that country? Like even so much yesterday, the Republic of Ireland manager, Stephen Kenny, is doing his own press conference about a, up, a couple of upcoming friendlies and been quizzed about whether, you know, why he's, uh, should he go to Qatar, essentially. So we're all trying to sort of make that bit of sense of it. What's your, as we now on the eve of the, the World Cup Martin what's your view on that trying to strike that balance of I guess being able to enjoy the football on some level and uh, being aware of everything else that's going on well the, the, the answer to that I guess is the World Cup is starting on Sunday the 20th of November and it's the biggest sporting spectacle in the world and millions of people will be watching it and thousands well million or so people will be going to see it and I'm one of those who are going to, to cover it so the event is the event, but at the same time, it would be remiss not to uh, take note, recognise, talk about where the, 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 this tournament is taking place. This is a country that's been built out of the desert in 40 years. There was nothing there. You know, it was, it, it's truly bizarre. You, you see a photo from the you know, late 70s, early 80s. There's one hotel just surrounded by sand. Now you can't see that hotel because there's so many other bigger hotels dwarfing it it is it's truly remarkable but that has been built on the backs of migrant labors a country where only one well one seventh of the population are native and uh, native people there's 300,000 Qataris in a population of 2.1 million uh a, a, a nation where uh homosexuality is banned where misogyny seems to be pretty much ingrained not totally but certainly to a degree you can't ignore these facts at the same time, it's a football tournament. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, the David Squire's piece in The Guardian this week was uh, a thing of beauty. It was a, a very different piece from him for people who are familiar with his drawings in The Guardian. Um, it was a true story about a, a migrant worker, a hotel worker, and the, their experience of how poorly treated they've been. Is it part of your um, responsibility, Martin, or your brief almost going out there to cover that other side? Or what will your approach be when you're out there? We've got two news reporters uh, going. I suspect that they will be involved in, as we have done up to now, in those things. I mean, I, I have a particular role within the sporting coverage. I've I've been to Qatar a couple of times. I'm not a huge fan, but it doesn't matter what I think about the country. It's where it's taking place. We I've long covered the scandal of uh, Qatar winning the right to host a tournament. I've written uh, ever since that day in, in late 2010, I said the scandal with 2018 wasn't Russia winning, it was England getting two votes. The scandal with 2022 was Qatar winning. My position has never changed. Um, but at some point, I have to be, you know, be realistic about it. I'm there to cover a football tournament as well. Mm. I uh, obviously watching the match last night. I suspect that uh, you know even the non uh, the England following non Manchester United fans who were watching last night were suddenly dialed into the fact that here was uh, a striker full of confidence, looking like an absolute world beater. Probably never been uh, looks as if he'd never been playing with as much confidence as as he was last night uh, with Marcus Rashford. Must fill England fans with a lot of hope. Well, it certainly pleased Gareth Southgate hugely. I, I don't think Rashford starts, but I do think he'll be do involved. You know? uh, now I think he'll go with a front three of Foden, Sterling, and um, and Kane. Uh, right. That's what I mean. I, I I personally want Saka to play, but that's not my choice. Mm. Um, but I think that having a fit flying Rashford does make a big difference in terms of his options off the bench. And were there to be an injury, or were he to to come on and score a couple of goals in the early matches and and make a case to start, then clearly he'd be, he'd be in prime form. Some of the criticism, I guess, Martin, of uh, of Southgate's pick, and look, he's in a lose-lose situation here because no matter who he leaves out, there's going to be a little bit of controversy from some quarters. Uh, but this this argument that he, he picks on form, you look at Calvin Phillips in the team, you look at ha- Harry Maguire in the squad as well. Granted, Callum Wilson over Tamori is, is based um, fairly heavily on form, but do you, do you buy that? Because you know, he, he talks all the time about picking on form, and yet you, you see players like Harry Maguire and, and Phillips who just haven't been there at club level uh, in recent weeks. I think it's easier for him to justify the Phillips selection uh, because there isn't anybody else yeah. who, who works as a holding midfielder. Uh, Maguire, it's because he trusts him. He's never let him down. He's a very loyal manager. There's no doubt about that. Maguire has never played poorly, really, apart from one game. And that's in 50 caps for, for England. So it's hard to be critical. He, you know, In the Euros um, 18 months ago, he had a pretty average at best season, was under fire. Missed the first game or so because of injury. But when he came in, he was excellent and scored goals. And I think that's the thing with Maguire. He seems to be more relaxed playing for England than he does playing for Manchester United. The, defensively, um, I look at the squad and I'm thinking of the left side and granted Ben Chilwell out of the squad with injury. But if you see Luke Shaw as potentially the only left wing back in that squad now, like Saka played there, I know, in September against Italy. He wasn't good that night in that position. Um, Kieran Trippier is an option maybe there but he's probably going to be on the right hand flank like you know if there's an injury to, to Luke Shaw for example it could be it could be quite troublesome on that side Yeah I mean I think Saka probably is more likely than Trippier because I think you're right that Trippier may well start I mean it, it is a a coin toss he might go with Alexander-Arnold thinking he, needs, he can play him into form and then then Trippier becomes an option on the on the left more 
yes, the vulnerabilities are there with it. But that, again, the, the only other option left back, Mitchell at Crystal Palace, maybe. Mm. There weren't too many, and he's played one game. You know, it's it is hard to 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 to. to it's easy to criticise. It's harder to come mm. up with alternative solutions. I think. Was there anybody who was the top of your list, Martin? Of people that you thought, well, he was unlucky to miss out. Uh, I toss between Tamori and Tony. Actually, uh, I, I would have liked both of them in, but um, I can see why he's he's gone with the, with the men he has got. The one I think that everyone will be surprised about was Gallagher's selection mm. because he his last game was in June against Hungary and he was pretty awful. He hasn't had a brilliant season, uh, but he's got legs, and I think that's that's given him the nod over Warb Faust, who's possibly quite unlucky not to make it. Yeah, and Madison obviously has got a lot of the headlines as well. And it's funny how when these squads get named and there's so much focus on one player who might end up having seeing very little game time potentially uh, once they get to the World Cup. What's your view on Madison? Because I, I think the hope is obviously maybe that he might bring a bit of an, uh, an extra edge maybe to that England attack. Do you see him getting much game time? Um, it all depends on how he behaves over the next eight days, I suspect. That... One of the, it's clearly been an issue. Whatever Gareth says about he, about Madison's temperament, personality, etc., about the sort of lad he is, you know, they've they've adopted that uh, all black philosophy of no dickheads, haven't they? And I think it's fair to say that one or two might consider putting Madison in that bracket. Uh, and therein lies the issue. As a footballer, I've absolutely no doubt. I think he's, a, he's an outstandingly talented player, and he gives you a dead ball threat. He can pass a ball. He can he can take set pieces. I mean, I think I think I think he thoroughly deserves selection on, on his abilities on the pitch. The reason he hasn't been around has been James Madison. Mm. He certainly deepens those attacking options, Martin. And like there, there was the incident of the casino when he was pictured, you know, and that the England team were playing. And and as you said, that there are incidents like that that cause you to question his. Uh, I, I guess his. But also, that was three years ago. Maybe. You know, maybe people grow up. Yeah. What's well, so, so also said it wasn't an issue for him. He said, "Well, he has to say that, doesn't he?" Well, he said he also. I mean, he, he, <laughs> in, interesting. Like, yeah, people don't always tell the truth. Even you know, <laughs> even George this. Washington lied occasionally. It's a fair. It's a fair point, but I, I also could. I could buy it. Is the thing because, like, ultimately, what difference does it make if he wasn't in the squad? So be it. Well, yeah, I think. I think. If other factors had been, he wouldn't have been there. But but the fact is, you know, he it was a, a 26-man squad. And maybe he does feel he just needs a bit more angel dust in it, magic dust in the, uh, in, the in the squad. Someone who can actually break a game open with a pass um, if the others aren't working. But, you know, he's got to get in a, into the team or into the, even into the you know, involvement ahead of Mounts and Foden's and Sterling's and Greedish and Sacco. Uh, there's quite a lot of talent as a, an attacking force, particularly if you assume there's going to be two the two central midfielders, they're likely to be Bellingham and and Rice to start in a three four three. It's funny, Martin, like um Southgate gives his gave his reasoning for not including Reese James as too much of a gamble with the injury, which is totally understandable and fair. And yet you look at uh, Kyle Walker being picked and Calvin Phillips being picked who are both uh struggling with their own uh, injury complaints as well. So, like, is that hypocrisy in some ways? Like, you're 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 not picking Reese James because of those gam- gambling issues in terms of gambling on his injury, but then again, you're going with the likes of Walker and uh, and Phillips, who are also struggling. Well, at least Phillips is now playing because he played for City midweek. Yeah, his argument was simple, really, that 
you know, James wouldn't be fit for any of the group phase and they think that Walker will. So he wanted them to have played in the group phase rather than coming straight from injury into potentially being available for the knockout phase. You, you may think it's a bit harsh, but you could only take two. You can, I think two is the maximum number of risks you can take in a squad, mm. even in a squad of 26. I mean, in a 23, I wouldn't take any risks, personally. In a 26, you can take two. He got away with two last time because both Henderson and Maguire came in with, with knocks. Um, and he needed the 26 in the end because obviously Chilwell got uh, injured and COVIDed and Mount got had issues and then Foden missed the final because of injury. So, you, you know, you need a deep squad in that regard. What's your, what would, again, I know you're not picking the team, Martin, but what would your back four be out of curiosity? Well, he's going to pick a back five, so it doesn't matter. Back what five, back sorry, yeah, be. yeah. <laughs> well, who's, what's your centre half? Like, what, what's your centre half selection? Is Harry Maguire starting as well? Shane is asking. I think I think he'll go if, if for the first game. I think he'll go. Dyer, Stones, Maguire, and nobody should be like. I was watching some of the reaction yesterday about Harry Maguire being included. I mean, this is not, this is not a great shock to anybody who's been mm. following English football. No, I mean, the surprise would have been if he wasn't in the yeah. squad. Not if he wasn't in the squad. I've seen I've seen it suggested that uh, Martin. By, by a couple of journalists online that it's England's best squad on paper since 2006 and look on paper doesn't matter a jot but would you go along with that? Let's just see. <laughs> um, I think in terms of quality of attacking players uh, yes and, and depth of attacking players even if we've only got one proven international goal scorer but he's not bad you know 50 goals in 70 odd games Um and we saw in the Euros, Sterling and Grealish, particularly Foden as well, Mount played well. So, yeah, I think you can see that argument. I think defensively, it's harder to make that claim. Yeah. I, if I was... you look at the teams that England... You know, even in 2014, when they weren't great, Jagielka and um, the boy, boy who was at uh, Chelsea, who was at Bolton before, uh, I can't remember his name now, but, uh, you know, they were... They were Decent centre-halves and in decent form. And, you know, he, he made the big decision, Roy, in 14 to leave out Ashley Cole to play, to, to send Luke Shaw as a second left-back behind Leighton Baines. Maybe that was a, a mistake looking looking back. I still think we're, you know, the, the, if you look at that 2002-2006 defence, when you had, in 2006, they, could, they had the options of Campbell, who was, sec, who was sort of first reserve behind Terry and... Um, and Ferdinand, in 2 Southgate himself was first reserve uh, in the squad behind Campbell and, and Ferdinand. I mean, they they were stronger then than now, I think. Um, I was chatting to Neville Southall in Dublin last week and, and he was uh, quietly confident about the, the Wales-England game in the last group game. And you even look at, at the United States squad in this week and, you know, probably stronger than some people give them credit for and they'll want a, a reasonable tournament. Do you see any any way in which England don't even get out of the group? Well, anything's possible. Yeah. But I think England win the group relatively comfortably, personally. Okay. But this is a hostage to fortune when they lose 3-0 to Iran. But no, I think they'll... I don't think they'll particularly shine, but you don't have to shine. You have to get through and then it becomes interesting. I think that England... I think it's a possibility that England may be in a... If they win the first two, they might play a shadow team against Wales um, because it won't matter because they could have won the group by then, and that would be perfect for Wales as well, I suspect. I'm not sure Wales do get through. I think that USA or Iran, in fact, both of them could end up finishing above Wales, but we will see. 
I was uh, I couldn't help but but laugh watching the Carabao Cup fourth round draw last night after the the United Villa game at Old Trafford and it, it, it only strikes you when they when they talk about the dates and the World Cup final being on the Sunday and then these Carabao Cup fourth round ties being on the Tuesday and the Wednesday like I mean yeah. it, you have Man City Liverpool as one of those games as well this this is ridiculous isn't it Yeah I mean, it'll be a reserve team game won't it as simple as that I mean the only thing I would say is that only four teams yeah. are playing the last weekend of the World Cup out of the 32. So, and a lot of them will be out the previous weekend because of the quarters. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, they will all be out the previous weekend because once you get to, you know, the, the two teams of the semis are the two teams of the final weekend. So, they'll actually have been home for 10 days, a lot of the players. Yeah. So, the... Uh, um... They'll be Trent, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, and uh, you know Foden, uh, Henderson. They'll all be well rested. Martin is what you're saying. They'll have they'll have had a few weeks with their feet up. Is that that's what you're Are getting you at? Are you suggesting they're out in the group phase? <laughs> <laughs> never, we'll never say something like that. We'll. Yeah, uh, it, they might be. You never yeah, know. I mean, yeah. they were in. They uh, have been in the past. Um, but you, it all depends. Look, the one thing that's absolutely critical for England is Kane to be fit and firing, mm. because and if he is, that gives him a goal again, doesn't it? And Conte saying that he's. Uh, what did he say during the week that he was uh, pretty tired looking and he was wonder why that is yeah exactly I mean and and to be fair it's not a, uh, it's not unique in that regard I think everybody who goes there is going to be in the same boat at least uh, that might be the one positive uh, we'll see how it pans out as you say over the next while uh, Martin Lipton of the Sun thanks a million thanks a lot bye bye OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent mode.